Hello everyone, I'm Deborah Jermaine Augustine, New Narrative's Membership Engagement Coordinator. On this episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches, I speak to Fabriana Firdaus, an independent journalist based in Indonesia, and Leo Plunkett, a filmmaker and video journalist, about their recent documentary titled Our Mother's Land. The documentary looks at some of the women at the forefront of hundreds of rural communities that are in conflict with corporations seeking control of their resources. The film gives us a glimpse into how some of the women fighting against these issues have faced violence, the threat of imprisonment, and even death as a result of their activism. Fabriana and Leo talk about their experience documenting these stories and share their thoughts on the challenges women activists face in Indonesia when it comes to environmental activism and how environmental issues overlap with women's activism. If you enjoy what we're doing, please do support our work by becoming a member of New Narrative at newnarrative.com join. Memberships start at just 52 US dollars a year. That's just one US dollar a week. Or you can donate at newnarrative.com donate. And check out our website at newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. And now, here's the interview. Thank you for joining me on the show, Fabriana and Leo. How are you both doing today? Thank you for inviting us, Deborah. Um, I'm fine. I'm in Bali right now. And Leo, where are you joining us from? Um, I'm joining from Bristol in England. Um, yeah, thanks for having us on. It's uh, exciting to talk about the film with you. Great. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. So Fabriana is actually an old friend of New Narratives. She was a former consulting editor for Jakarta and Papua and currently is a freelance investigative journalist. So Fabriana, you've written for different news publications and organizations, and now you've just completed work on your first film project. What made you decide to start telling stories through a different medium? Um, actually, at first, I don't have a plan to make a documentary film until I met my editor in Gecko Project, Tom Johnson, in 2018. And it was like a um, trial for me, I think, actually. <laughs> so um, I just pitched a story about the female land defenders that I actually had observed since 2016, where I first meet the one of the characters in our film, uh, Sukina, from the Kartini Kendang. So that's how it started. And then, yeah, uh, the rest is a story. And, you know, Leo, you are a filmmaker and video journalist, and your work focuses primarily on the environment and land rights. So what dis- made you, you know, focus on these two areas or issues in particular? Uh, my my filmmaking journey, I suppose, started um, started in the Peruvian Amazon, um, and I was working a lot with conservation scientists and researchers out there. Uh, I think it kind of taught me the well, it made me a bit obsessed with the jungle, taught me the importance of forests. I then uh, started working for an investigative NGO in London called the Environmental Investigation Agency. And that's where we started, uh, well, where I started focusing particularly on Indonesia and the relationship between people, forests, and the companies that were trying to extract from their forest. And, well, started noticing that obviously land rights was kind of the crux of all these issues and people trying to, and, you know, there's all these stories from all over the world of people fighting back against companies to try and keep their way of life intact and and survive um 
and then yeah i kind of started working in a more journalistic sense and following investigations and working with tom at the gecko project um to work on sort of more in-depth investigation stories into the land rights and so you served as both the director and editor for this project yeah so that's kind of the way i usually work is is very much on my own and <laughs> uh, sort of self self shooter kind of across the whole project yeah so was it just the two of you fabriana and leo working on this or did you have more of a crew than the two of you uh on the ground it was me and fabriana but then in in post-production it was me tom and fabriana so yeah tom was a big part of uh putting the film together editing we spent months together in front of a computer putting it together but yeah also also obviously tom was involved the whole way through but me and me and fabriana were were on the ground together but it was just us yeah right so tell us about tana ibukami or our mother's land in english what is this documentary about Okay, so Tanah Ibu Kami, or Our Mother's Land, is a story about uh, the female land defenders and environmentalists across Indonesia. Um, it began the story with the Kartini Kendengs, a group of female farmers in central Java, who against uh, the giant salmon factory backed by the government that believe uh, threaten their environment or source of water. And then uh, that story moved to a um, group of uh, female indigenous in uh, East Nusa Tenggara. Uh, so they wave at the stones to defend their uh, sacred mountains. And then uh, the story of the feminists in uh, Central Sulawesi who assist farmers to defend their lands against a palm oil company. And then a young environmentalist, young female environmentalist who defend one of the biggest rainforests, uh, largest rainforest in the world, Lowser, um, Faris Farhan. So that's the story actually uh, following my journey uh, to interview all these female land defenders and environmentalists. Yes, I can add as well. I I think um, the, the, what we wanted to focus on the film was the the kind of the behind the stories because all all of each section is is kind of quite a high profile case, especially within Indonesia. And it was, you know, they've both, they've all been widely reported on, and you know they've had many people go and tell their stories from a perspective of this is the story, and this is the case. Um, I think what what we wanted to focus on with the film was more the human impact of the activism on them themselves and uh, what effect it had on their lives. That was always the way we wanted to do it. It was kind of Fabriana sitting down with these women and talking really in depth about how it impacted on them, like their whole their whole lives. So what drew you to this aspect of the story? So basically, I mean, you said that it's, it's, you know, these are all quite high profile cases, but you were interested in the impact that this had on their lives. So, I mean, what was the process like of deciding that would be the angle of the documentary? Yeah, so I think um, because it, it was going to be focused on women, that was our sort of mandate for the beginning of the film. It's what Fabriana wanted to do. She wanted to go and, um, you know, uh, 
follow these uh, sort of quite famous female activists and um, find out how, like their sort of how it impacted them. But I think we didn't want to just tell the stories again um, from a, a kind of the way they reported on is is quite impersonal. It's like very much like um, sort of focusing on their fighting and and uh, more about how the cases went and, and stuff like that. Whereas we wanted to kind of do the more personal side of the story. And I think uh, that was that to us was just the unique angle on this. And I think I think a lot of our reporting is very male focused in Indonesia. Um, so we were very, very keen to go in with a um, with a female focus on this one, just just for a totally different perspective on the way these these fights pan out. I just want to add um, what Leo uh, explained that why this angle is important. Um, not not because yeah, more that like the story about environmental issue in Indonesia more on general angle that is about deforestation, that is about landslide, that is about fire in Borneo. But if we observe, uh, I, I will argue that there is like a rise of the um, uh, woman movement um, across Indonesia, especially on um, environmental issue. So I, I saw that uh, I observed there is like a new trend among the female activists, female indigenous who work on environmental issue, and woman is leading uh, to uh, work, work in this environmental issue. So, um, and and no one of these reporter or journalists in Indonesia. Uh, no one of them cover the story from uh, like, for example, the background of this woman, because not even like Leo at the first time when he found out about the struggle of Kartini Kendang, he could not uh, understand why the woman cement their feet. That's actually what the most of Indonesian felt, felt at that time when they first found out about why they choose to Samander feet, why they choose to weave at the stone. Uh, so many questions about that. So this film uh, choose that angle um, uh, in purpose to answer that question, not only that, uh, like to give voice to this woman, not only to show there is a new trend, but also to explain about their background, why they decide to choose that actions. Uh, to defend their land. So uh, we we actually, during the interview, uh, we actually asked a very personal question about their struggling, their trauma, uh, uh, their pains and everything. It's very personal. So, some of them, um, some of them, um, they were crying when they uh, talk about uh, their story. I, I can I can see I, I I still can see the pains every time I watch the film again and again. I I still can feel that that there is they still process that the, the trauma the, the pain that they um, endure during the struggle. So that that's how why this angle is important. 
And Leo, what was it like for you traveling with Fabriana through Indonesia for two weeks to film Tana Ibu Kami? It was actually more like four weeks in the end. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a long trip. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting because, I, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of these trips before, um, kind of following investigations, doing, doing loads of different stories on very similar issues, land rights. And I think this was a real eye-opener, like a totally different way of doing Just like having the mandate and going into places and just being like, we just want to talk to the women was... It, yeah it made it it made it so different it was yeah very like real eye opener for me i think yeah so it was a very different trip to my usual usual filming trips which made it made it quite exciting i think and how was it different uh i think i think it's like um realizing that additional burdens that women have when doing this sort of activity i mean I think a lot of the time it's seen as a man's job to defend um, the community in like in around the world. I think I think that's always the perception is that it's this old age way of thinking of that it's, it's kind of a man's job to do this to to be the protector. Um, so it's like specifically like Ava Bundy talked um, talked quite a lot about. The reaction to her leading her movement, um, the backlash she got, and uh, the, the sort of the local press saying that she was um, kind of a uh, what were they saying like she was an unvirtuous woman because she was leading this group of men and working with all these men, um, and it's to, you know to to have that on top of what you're already trying to do um, was. It, it's just like hard to hard to really fathom that she she was also coping with all that and and you know for being in prison for years and years on end and still trying to look after her children things like this that you know obviously um, men have to put up with a lot of stuff too in these situations but it's just that extra burden that they have as women was something I, I, yeah I wasn't quite expecting to to notice it as much as I did, I think, I guess, yeah. Um, you know, one of, you know, it's interesting because one of the women you spoke to in the documentary talks about how everyone describes Earth as a woman, how we refer to it as Mother Earth. And many, and we're seeing in many parts of the world and with other environmental issues, women are at the forefront fighting against this. But as you pointed out, Leo, you know, we have this perception that defending a community is a male responsibility. Um, do you think environmental activism is viewed as a woman's responsibility to shoulder in Indonesia, Fabriano? Um, I don't think so, but it's just like, I think like it's everyone's responsibility, uh, both women and men. But if you talk about women issue, for example, it's not just the responsibility of women, right? To fight for the issue. But also men, as a good ally, they have to fight for the issue as well. So I think it's apply also for the environmental issue. It doesn't mean if women lead the uh, uh, the movement um, to fight for the environmental issue, then it's only the responsibility of the woman. Um, I think like 
men have to realize that now they have to give more space to women so there have be to there have to be an intersection between men and women and issue with children and gender and so on and so on so i think that it's everyone responsibility but you need to be very sensitive with uh, your privilege or like uh, giving a space to the underprivileged community like for example female indigenous groups and how is it viewed in indonesia i mean or what's the situation in indonesia are these women the exception in in terms of being leaders of the movement or is it becoming more common to see women at the forefront or has it traditionally been something that women have been a part of in indonesia i think it's actually become a new trend but um it is it has like a history like for example it is happening not only in aceh but also in west papua that more like women indigenous female uh, indigenous women right now organize a movement because uh their partner or their ally men are failed uh to prove that they can defend their land or forest it's happened in 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 west papua for example so um i think it become a trend right now um i think it's it's it's, it's not because of the me too movement a couple years ago but it is like indonesia has a strong history on um uh leading female activists uh before the cold war if you want to talk about the 1965 massacre before we have like a very uh the largest female organization even in asia in in the world uh, gerakan wanita indonesia it is in our uh, it is like in our history and after that we didn't hear anything about the women movement but now because of the climate change they're back uh, because women is the um, most vulnerable community women and children is the most vulnerable com- community in this um, issue of the climate change so that's why because uh, it's crisis so women now take the lead yeah so so maybe like a continuation of a of a history that's always been there And you know, I want to go back to something you know Leo mentioned earlier about how one of the subjects of the documentary was experiencing misogyny in the press around her. So you know, according to an article by the United Nations Development Program, women, especially Indigenous women, are particularly vulnerable to environmental-related violence. Can you talk a bit about what you've learned about the heightened vulnerability women face in this area of activism? I think like uh, the form of violence that they have to face um I think it's not much different uh with what happened in the past but now um uh there are more attack also in um like for example in social media or in 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 our uh, digital space I saw that uh during the movement of the during the protest of the Kartini Kandang, uh, one of the farmer told me uh, that now, that in the past, like, um, they have the history, like, against, the, their community have the history, the Samin community, 
where they belong to, they have the history against the Dutch colonization. But right now, uh, uh, they they got like a they they got like a threat from the uh, like for example soldier or like preman for example or talk. But right now, the attack is not only in a, a real life or like real time, but also in internet, for example. Um, so it's like digital attack. There, there was an interesting point that came up in the interview with the Kendang farmers, the Kartini Kendang, uh, Kartinis of Kendang, sorry. Um, they, uh, uh, they, Sakina told us that they, they actually put the women on the front line to stop the violence or or make the violence much um, much diminished because it, they said if if the men were on the front line then people could die and it would be it would be very um, uh, be very heated much more violent than it would have been if the women were on the front line so that that was kind of an unexpected point for us I, like to the idea that they, they were being put out there to <laughs> as almost like a shield. Um, because maybe the the police and the Bremen might be more um, more forgiving because they're women. Um, I don't think that really transpired. There was still a lot of violence against them, but maybe it would have been much worse if it was men. Um, it's who knows. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of that's that was quite an interesting point that came from the film. And did you find that there were more specific challenges women activists faced in Indonesia? and maybe specifically in societies that are more conservative or male-dominated? Um, yeah, I, um, well, I mean, talking purely from the perspective of, of the, the filming trip we did, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was interesting to see the dynamic between Sakina and the other men in the village and, you know, how how she was still, she was still working and also, um, talking to us uh whereas i think if it was if it was a man that wouldn't be the case um could you i i think i'm not clear like what would be the difference if a man were the one you were interviewing so when we were when we were filming the the women in the villages it was often that they were still like doing housework and, and working in the fields and it was very hard to get their time because they were still very much working whereas i think if it if it was when we film the men it's not it's not really the same as that it's kind of like we've got a lot of time with them because they haven't got those other things that they're doing and it's it's very much a traditional role that they're they're still having to do so the domestic role is still attached to them yeah i think i think that's often the case for women trying to do any kind of leadership work right they they have the additional domestic work to do yep yep so in the documentary some of the women you've spoken to talked about some of the emotional and financial burden that came with their activism for those listening in what can they do to help i mean this is like one of the character that we interview eva bande uh, She's like a perfect example of um, a female activist, a female land defender that we are looking across in Indonesia. She's not only assisting this farmer, but also set a like cooperacy. A co-op, yeah. Yeah, cooperative a co-op, yeah. So it really helped uh, this 
group farmer fight economically while they are stuck struggling to fight for their land so i think like um and also like i think like uh, the two important thing that if the listener wants to help is some of these women need like um counseling um, but i don't know how to organize i think like i knew like some of the um like in in Nusa, Nusa Tenggara we have they have like Lakwat Ujawas local NGO um who uh, really have like a close contact to this woman because some of the women who uh, live at this sacred mountain at the stone in the sacred mountain in in Molo is Nusa Tenggara they they still traumatic until today and they suffering from the mental health uh, issue so they need counseling but i think work uh, if a listener want to help uh they can uh donate some money to this local ngo and ask them to set a counseling for all these women i think all the women actually in our character need counseling so can work with the local ngo we can inform the local ngo and then um in terms of the um that i mentioned before eva bande you also can donate money to this co-op um, to help the farmers to survive economically so they can continue their struggle. Mm-hmm. And we'll link to those organizations in the episode um, summary. Um, so what what is the takeaway you want people to have from this film? I, I, I think I personally, um, I want the audience um, to start this conversation about um, the impact of the environment, the uh, the, the 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 impact of this uh, natural damage to the vulnerable community, women and children, where in our media it's not much cover. So it's 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 still like let's go. I I I still. Read the news about the uh, the issue of with environment, but not specifically talking about this vulnerable community. So I want like them to um, pay attention to that issue more, and maybe like um, um, I mean also I want them to realize that um, it's important to in to include women on the discussion or like. Um, on, on, on the like discussion about any environmental issue because um, most of this discussion is um, mostly like uh, dominated by male in Indonesia. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's similar. Like, yeah, like Fabriana says, it's it's a it's a male-dominated discussion. So, um, I think if this film goes a, a short way to adding a bit more representation to women, then that's that's uh, a a good achievement. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's about uh, people or, or anyone watching it and and realizing that um, these sort of leadership roles and activism can be can be female and not just male dominated. Yeah, I hope that everyone can, uh, can share this film with their family, especially especially a uh, sample of how like woman is intensively involved in fighting for our environment 
So I hope that also you watch this film with your mother, with your sister. Uh, so they realize that it's important for them to get it. Um, yeah, same. I think just uh, as many people as we can get to watch this film, the better. Um, I think that's kind of, uh, that was the goal, is to get it, get it out in Indonesia and the rest of the world. And where can we watch the documentary? Uh, it's on the Gecko Project YouTube page. That's the main place to watch it. So, yeah, uh, just YouTube forward slash the Gecko Project. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much to the two of you for joining me today and sharing with me about the film. And we'll, we'll definitely link to the documentary so that our listeners can also check it out. Thank you, Leo. And thank you, Fabriana. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deborah, for having us. Our thanks to Fabriana and Leo for joining us on this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches. Next week, be sure to tune in to New Narrative's Political Agenda, our podcast series on current affairs in Singapore. This is Deborah wishing all our listeners a great week ahead. Jumpa lagi!